Welcome back to the Let's Be Friends podcast. I'm here today with a new friend, author Caroline Dooner. She's the author of two books, The Fuck It Diet and Tired as Fuck. Caroline is my kind of person. She's witty, philosophical, funny, and honest. Plus, her substack is called Problematic, and that sounds like trouble to me. She's also <laughs> a podcaster. She previously hosted the Fuck It podcast, and she has now started a new podcast called Problematic. Welcome to the show, Caroline. Oh my gosh, that was so fun to listen to. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you here too. I feel like I've known you for a long time. I don't know. I feel like I've known you for a long time. We, uh, for people listening, uh, Kara and I were voice recording, voice texting each other last week. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm listening to a podcast. I'm so confused. I feel like it's just going to continue as a podcast. And then it's like <laughs> asking me a direct question. People, um, say, people say that to me sometimes in memos. Oh, I feel like this is them listening to you on the podcast. And I'm like, no, this is just me right now. I got right here, right now. <laughs> but yeah, we were exchanging lots of memos. In fact, your memos were the longest memos I've ever sat and listened to, Caroline. Oh, that they was long. That, they were captivating, just like that was writing. the longest. Longest I've ever sent. I was sending you an epic story of what I'm referring to as spiritual warfare, <laughs> which we're going to get into. Definitely. I think at the end of this conversation, we're going to get more personal. We're going to start out talking about your books, The Fuck It Diet and Tired as Fuck. Uh, when did you start writing? Have you always been a writer? Or oh, It's a good question. So I've always loved writing. Like I always had a little blog. I had a blog and it was usually humor. Actually. Um, I was just writing. I had like four friends who would read it. Um, <laughs> I had a blog in high school. I had another blog in college. It was just like silly essays. Um, and then, but it was never, it was never anything I thought that I was going to do professionally. I, I actually went to school for musical theater. I went to NYU for musical theater I wanted to be on Broadway. And um I I I was a musical theater and act performer and actor for until I was 29 actually. So like so six sat, years ago. So your Saturn returns. Do you know what that right. is? We're gonna right. drop, we're gonna drop some new. Oh my god, that's we're... so funny. I was thinking about that. <laughs> I was literally thinking about that yesterday because I was thinking about how a lot of my cousins are like 27 right now, and I was like, oh yeah. I remember when I was 27, I was like, is this my Saturn return <laughs> or was last year my Saturn return or is next year going to be? Um, so interesting. Yeah. I'm curious what you think about. Well, all yeah. So for anybody who's like, what is a Saturn returns? Well, first of all, this is a new age concept. So mm -hmm. we've, I, we all know I've cracked the egg on the new age. Caroline's <laughs> cracking the egg on the new age really right now. But so Saturn is the, uh, planet which is associated with the greek god chronos which is the god of time which is also the planet associated with satan so when you get your saturn returns it's a 29 year cycle where when you were born saturn was in like one place on your birth chart the stars were in a certain place in the sky and then by 29 years about then it comes to the same location so those stars which i think are the fallen angels are going to affect you in a really significant way so you think about it's kind of your satan returns because saturn oh as i was God. saying is satan well it was actually yep. well, what, it, what it will do is i think satan looks at you and he's like all right you're either on path and i'll just let you go whatever or i'm going to knock your life completely off path and take you where I want you. 29 was when I went into the psych ward and got misdiagnosed bipolar. Oh, to give you an shit. idea how my Saturn returns went. Whoa. So it is 29. I always heard 27, give or take 27 or 28. So 
27 to 29 is when I was super chronically ill. Oh, wow. And it's right after I had gotten into my intense energy work. It was probably when I was doing the witchiest stuff I was doing. I never considered myself a witch ever, never. Yeah. I always had this idea in my head that, um, that the angels battled the demons and that the light battles the dark and that Jesus is more powerful than demons, but it was so far in the background and it was overshadowed by my new belief that it was all just love and light ah, and, that, yes. and that there was no evil, that sin was like your own, whatever, like bad feelings or something. It's what you were um, supposed to, it's what you, your contracts that you signed up for in this life that you need to right. work through to ascend, right. to, to incorporate your highest self in this lifetime. Yeah. Help, and help it was always, God, heal Gaia. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it was always like some, it was never quite like the, it was it was all very, ugh, I don't even know how to describe it, but like there are many different ways of like looking at the new age, but it's all mostly the love and light. Right. And so it was like, it was whatever self-help book, spiritual self-help book I had read that year, you know, right. that would like sort of inform like the way I saw things. Um, but yeah. So, but yeah, that was my most witchy, so to speak time. And only looking back now, am I like, yeah, I was trying to heal myself. Like that's what I thought I was doing with the new age and with energy work. I was trying to like move all my stuck emotions and energy and blockages and process all my trauma. And then my body would be working. My body and spirit and soul would be working so perfectly that I would heal all my health problems that I've had since I was you know, a teenager. And it's only now that I'm like, oh, that's actually when I got so sick that I couldn't even function. Wow. It's so interesting. No coincidence either, right? Yeah, I don't think so any, anymore. I, and I didn't even make that connection then. I was like, oh, this is just like, you know, then of course I went more into new age stuff to try and heal. Yeah. No, I understand. I mean, I have a memoir coming out called Here Comes Trouble. And the tagline in 2020, because this memoir has been trying to come out for a while. And God's been like, nope, Kara, you're still deceived. Nope, Kara, not, I'm not going to put this out yet. But my old tagline was um, a story of my quantum awakening, remembering how to heal myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I couldn't right. heal myself. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I know. It's so interesting. I was also thinking I, I never this is one of the things that we were talking about and I never responded to you uh, when we were doing our voice recordings. You never responded, Carolyn. I know I didn't, but I've been talking about chronic health. I've been really going through it, but um, no, I was thinking about you writing your memoir and like how difficult that would have been if I was in your position where I didn't have a deadline. Oh yeah, I know. Because you, because it's, it's like a, it's a great thing because you're ultimately in control, but I think I would have done the same thing. I'd be like, well, it's never going to be finished. Well, yeah, <laughs> no. And my, actually my editor, uh, we met a couple days ago and she goes, I'm giving you a deadline if that's all right. And my deadline is the end of this month. So the book's okay, coming good. out. Yeah. The book it's, it's done. It's just been, there's so many B sides chapters to this book. I've got like a folder, probably a whole nother book of chapters that didn't make it in or I've been shuffling things around and what goes in cutting this out and changing things. And you can, I just scrub out all the new age lingo. Right. Right. And yeah. you can always like, I had to cut so much from both manuscripts and I just like release them as bonus content. Oh, I love that. 
That's a great you can idea. release it as bonus content. Um, it was an incentive to get people to pre-order to get the bonus content. And then oh. you can always write the next. Exactly. That's the, that's, and see, we're here to talk about your books, but we're talking about <laughs> my unpublished book. But I'll say one last thing. I've decided to end my book with finding Jesus and bam, I think that's right. done that. And I then that's like, right. I'm going to start like, it's been problematic to steal from your lingo since I did. And uh, there's been a lot of drama and stuff going on in my life. Like a lot of awakening sense, but all of that's going to be the next book is going to be like, well, you found Jesus get welcome. Now you're going to experience all of this. I think that's really smart yeah. because it also gives you time to continue to process everything that's gone on since. Yep. Exactly. I think that's, I, and I think that's a perfect cliffhanger. Are you yeah, kidding me? And then people can also like come to their own conclusions about it. If they're, if they happen to be people who, who read it, who like don't follow you and don't know what you've been thinking, they right. can just be like intrigued as opposed to like, you know, we yeah. know Jesus is polarizing, right? Oh God, the most polarizing <laughs> thing. Absolutely. So, and okay. You're talking about uh, being in musical theater, which I think is awesome. I actually was the musical theater photographer and reviewer in college at Western Michigan University. So yeah, I I love, they have a great musical theater program. They do. They have a really good, yeah. Yeah. It's actually the musical theater program. That's a real accomplishment to be in that. I know it's hard. You have to try out and there's, it's a whole process and it's super competitive. And so you, you moved to New York city to go to school for musical theater. Where did you grow up? I grew up outside Philadelphia, where I actually live okay. right now. Awesome. Uh, so the I don't like to call it the pandemic, but COVID, COVID, call it really the pandemic, broke me. I know, I know. Um, I, well, when I'm talking to like the masses, I know I'm not talking to like You're normies here. right now. Yeah. But when I am talking to normies, I say COVID. Yeah, and I reject anyone calling it the pandemic. Um, but yeah, so after like. I lived in, I mean, I know you live in a city too, so I'm sure it's been, and it's a liberal yeah. city, I think, a Austin, liberal city yeah. in Texas. Oh yeah, Austin, Texas. We're an but island in the middle of red. Philadelphia was hell. I lived there during the, I keep wanting to say the pandemic. I never say that during COVID. And you would get yelled at on the sidewalk if you weren't wearing a mask. By, like, by, that that would have been me when I started <laughs> yelling at you. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm trying to bring my groceries in from my car. Can you see I live right here? Excuse me. (laughs) Yep. I was the worst. It's so funny. I was super, um, I was like, you know, I was, I think, reasonably afraid of what I didn't know. Like, I didn't know what COVID was and I didn't want to die. And I didn't, like, I didn't know what was going to happen for the first few weeks. And then, I had this deep skepticism of big pharma anyway. So that helped me be like, what is going on in the rest of history? (laughs) Yeah, no, I should have had a deeper skepticism, but I was coming off my pills and, you know, I was in the process of waking up and then very quickly was like, whoa, this is not what it seems at all. Um, But so you're okay. So you're, you're in Philadelphia. the uh, the Pennsylvania area, but you went to college in New York city to Mm -hmm. be a performer, to do musical theater. And then you ended up, 
Here, I'm going to read this. In 2016, four years after I healed my relationship with food, I realized I was exhausted and burnt out, filled with existential dread. So I started a new radical healing period and went on two years of rest. I moved out of New York City, simplified my life, and tried to declutter my mind of lots of arbitrary cultural beliefs about success and happiness. Tired as Fuck, your second book, is a story about how burnout came to be in a culture that encouraged my descent into burnout and then what I did about it, rest. Okay, so you say that you've always how I always convinced myself there's something horribly wrong with me and exhausting things to try to fix myself. So you were living in New York City. You got super exhausted. You had written um, your first book, The Fuck It Diet, which was a huge success. And then you come out with the second book, um, which is called Tired as Fuck. Uh, do you want to kind of share a little bit about how this came to be, how you got so Yeah. Out? And you know what's really interesting is like there is another level to it especially talking to you. And especially now, like after what I've been kind of realizing in the past couple months with the new age, there is another level to all of this. What I would have said last year when the book was coming out was, you know, I just was a constant self-improvement project. I just, I was never allowed to relax. I was never good enough. I was never thin enough. I was never, never healthy enough. I was never, I never, you know, had improved enough in order to relax. And the pressure that I had taken on, you know, I think so many people do this in our generation, especially on a million different levels for a million different reasons, but specifically the musical theater thing. I'm okay. Well, I constantly have to be, I have to look good. I have to sound good. I have to be impressive. I have to be auditioning. I have to work on my health. Cause I was diagnosed with PCOS, which like when they tell you what the, you know, basically it's like a disease, a dis- it's not a disease, but it's a syndrome where you often like gain a ton of weight and have really, really bad skin. And and it's all your fault because you're eating too many carbs, right? That's like the mainstream way of diagnosing and treating it. So it was like this weird t- combination of obsession with food and looks and diet culture mixed with this obsession of being impressive, as impressive as people already thought I was, and like keeping my status as someone who, you know, people praised or whatever and gave roles to and reaching my destiny. And it was just this incredible, crazy pressure that I put on myself that was encouraged, you know, by the culture we live in. And, and I didn't really realize that I didn't have to take it on. Like I didn't have to, I just, I just did. Yeah. But what's interesting is that now, even just in what we were talking about the Saturn returns, those years, that year of burnout, the year that I moved from, uh, from New York to Philadelphia, that was when I was 27. Wow. In 2016, 2016. And that's when I was extremely burnt out and chronically ill. Like there was, there was a level of like, I was incredibly depleted from like things that I can point my finger to. And then there was this other level of like, I'm not doing well, like things are not going well. And then that other piece, the piece of the new age, that is this constant seeking. Yep. Like Ever this searching const- and never finding the truth. And that's what I was doing. Yeah. That's what I've been doing since college. I found the secret 
the secret in college <laughs> was not the secret. Yeah. I found the secret in college and that is what snapped me out of my, I was raised Catholic and I did pray a lot. And I did, um, I had this like really, I had this possibly delusional, maybe, maybe slightly legit, but I had this really big belief that God was, would heal me. Yeah. If I prayed or if I, I don't know, I had like, there were a lot of conditions on it. Like, well, if I stick to my diet, then God will heal me. But that was my root. And, but I was kind of treating God like a genie, like, like it was all about yeah. me. It was all about like, oh, please heal me. Please yeah. make me pretty. No, no God's <laughs> will in that prayer, you know, which is what I think people forget about when they pray. Like you can want something, but if it's not in God's will or he has a different plan right. for you, that might not happen. It's not that he's not listening. He's just like, hey, from up here, I can see three months ahead. And that's a bad idea. Right. There was no, no part of God's will. And the other thing, like I didn't understand Jesus at all. Like, no, I didn't even understand like where he, like, I understood like, you know, on, on paper, like he died for our sins. I didn't even really know what that meant, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But in my experience of Catholicism, like, I was like, I'm not going to pray to Jesus. Like I'm going to pray to Mary, you know, like, cause Mary's a girl and she'll understand me. <laughs> yeah. And, um, she knows I what just... it's like when we pull our pants on and they're tied around. Right. Jesus doesn't get that. And his sandals right. and his smock. I'm just right. kidding. Jesus. I'm just kidding. Jesus. No, I know. It's so, it's just so interesting to look back. And like, that's a big part of, that's a big part of like what I'm going through right now is like, whoa, like, I never understood the Jesus people. They were so strange to me and I didn't understand what they were talking about. And when they said that Jesus saved them or changed them or came into their heart, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, it's so weird. And it's now that I'm, I understand in a way that like, I don't know how to explain it. I would, I really would struggle to explain it to someone else because I, I remember being like, what? do you mean that is yeah. so weird? Like, mm. yeah. So well, I don't know. I, I understand. I mean, I, I, when we were chatting, uh, l- last week, I was looking reading your spiritual protection and change of hearts. God quest part two off your Substack problematic. And I sent you a text. Is this me? LOL. <laughs> one day quote, this is from your Substack. one day while I was listening to a podcast about secret society symbolism <laughs> right away. I was like, ah, uh, I think I know what that was. I saw a testimony from someone. Hmm. Who's that? Someone who used to be in the new age, an ex psychic medium who is now a born again, Christian. I avoided listening to it for a long time. I didn't want to listen to a Jesus testimony. Girl, I would have avoided listening to my testimony too, like for, for decades. And I said to you, I was like, is this me? And you were like, yeah, that, that was your testimony. <laughs> it was. And it was, it was the first one that I listened to. It was, it was the kickoff and I did resist it. And as I listened, I think I said out loud, I was like, oh, this is really good. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were, you were addressing so many things that I, you, you made me think about so many things because I had done so many new age things myself and I didn't, I didn't have any idea. Like it really made me start like putting things together and like making connections between things going like, Oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, wait, is my burnout from maybe from this part of the spiritual world coming at me or spiritual warfare or cause when you do these new age things, 
like you know you know i believe and you know this is just my thoughts but like it's like we i mean i did it all i i did ayahuasca hundreds of mushroom trips uh, sound healing moon manifestation crystal healing reiki all of the stuff and that's just like the new real new agey things you do feel better after a mushroom right. trip you do feel good after a treatment or whatever but it doesn't last and i do, what i think is it's like Yes, God will heal us. You mentioned that earlier. Like I do, I know that. I believe that. Like I'm, I've seen Him work miracles in my life, and He continues to do it, and He's strengthening my faith through that process. But when we do things with like these New Age practices, we feel a little bit better. But there's a, I, I believe there's a trade off. There's a sacrifice that has to be made because God G- through Jesus is amazing. There's no price for it. He loves us so much. Jesus came and took care of it. But if you go to the spirit world and the new age, these little demons and these lowercase gods, they're going to trick you. There's a payment for you for that. And sometimes that payment is taking a little bit of uh, territory in your vessel because they need a vessel or putting a thought in your mind and programming your mind so that you can help push the agendas that the spirit world wants. And you know, it's, it's just like to be in the new age, like think about it. People are going there with trauma. Okay. Trauma-based mind control everybody has trauma. The traumas probably come from the way the spirit world's affected this fallen world. We have broken homes, broken families, all that. So we go to the new age to heal and you have to have endless trauma to stay in the new age because it's a business. People are making money off of this. Nobody ever gets fully healed in the new age. Like I know I was in the new age. Everybody's like mentally ill. Like everybody has problems. Like everybody's got anxiety. They're all fighting some of the like worst people. You know, it's just, it's interesting because it never lasts. And uh, that's, you know, when you're, so you're burnout, you're in New York, you're 27, and you're realizing that some of these things that bring you out now, even looking back, might have to do with the endless practices that you were doing to try to get Yeah, there. yeah. And it's, and it, you know, when I moved to Philadelphia and I got rid of the pressure to you know, be an actor. Basically. I actually did continue acting that year just because I had contacts in Philadelphia and I got some roles, but that was the one year. And I didn't, what I hated was auditioning. I hated auditioning so much. So I stopped. I felt so much relief. My life was simpler. I didn't have to take the subway a million times a day. There were like, I did experience improvements in my mental health, but then there were new things that came in. There were new weird things. Cause I was actually, do, I did a yoga teacher training. I did, and they were very, they, they were not, they were very uh, religious. Like the guy was like converting to Hinduism and like doing, and we did all these chants and stuff. And um, I did a, I, that's when I was doing a lot of the energy work stuff and, and like practitioner trainings that, I, and then I, and then I just abandoned that. I weirdly, after all that, I just like, I don't even know why I didn't, it wasn't even like a conscious decision. I just stopped. I have never done yoga again. And I'm not even kidding. After the practitioner training, the yoga practitioner training, I have not done yoga again. It was not a conscious decision. I just was like, I don't like this. And, um, and I used to do yoga a lot and I stopped doing energy work entirely and it wasn't conscious. It was not but it's very, very interesting. I actually have, um, my, my parents, she was like a, it's hard to describe her. She's like a family friend, but she babysat us when we were young. And she like is, she's from El Salvador or like a God. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. She, you know, she, she's like a, I don't want to call her a cleaning lady because she's so much more like we love her. She came to my brother's wedding, 
but she comes to my house every other week and she has always had psychic abilities that she does not want. Oh, wow. And she believes it's a family curse that her father did something. And, um, she has people come to her in her dreams and she, she doesn't want it. She like became all these different religions to try and make it stop. It wouldn't stop, but she's very aware. She needs Jesus. She knows she, she, she knows. Um, but I told her about the energy work stuff that I was doing recently, very, very recently when I, when I had this realization of like, Oh my God, what was I, what was I doing? I don't even know if I'm allowed to say, Oh my God, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. There are so many questions I have, but (laughs) for this podcast, you can be yourself. Okay. In general and on this podcast. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know. Right. No, I know. Right. I'm just letting myself go slow. Right. (laughs) Um, But she said, Oh, I knew that what you were doing back then what she like asked me questions. She said, I knew that what you were doing back then was not good. And I prayed for you. And maybe that's why you stopped. And I was wow. like, wow, I have to, like, you said that it's got a wave of chills down my body. That, I know. That's I was amazing. like, and the fact that she didn't say anything to me at the time either. Cause I remember I was like, here, Maria, this is how you put up energetic boundaries. And I was like trying to, I was like, and this is how you ground. And, and she was like, yeah. she said, she said, when you were trying to teach me that I couldn't do it. So it was like, cause I was activated into this system or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And yep. so she's like, I couldn't do it. And I started praying for you. And she said, maybe that's why you didn't continue doing it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, it was just, I just, this, all this, all these things that I didn't have you, any, you look back and no. And when I first, like I have a friend, um, Lori, she's voice of love with in online and, uh, she's got a great page about exposing the new age. She's a good friend of mine. She's actually my trainer years back, which I want to talk about diet culture with you in a little bit. Cause mm. I, that was a whole thing in my life too. Um, and she, when I was cut last year, like I was waking up, I found out she was like awake to everything in like 2021. I was like, Oh my God, I have a friend I can talk to. This is amazing. And we start talking. I'm like, yeah, aliens. And I'm doing all these psychedelics. And I was like, galactic federation. She's just like, Oh gosh, Kara, this is the new age. And I was like, the what? She was the first person to tell me the new age was, well, she had been a Christian her whole life, but she had fallen away into the self-help realm, like Tony Robbins and stuff like that mostly. But she told me that she had been praying for, like when I came to Jesus, I was like, this is about Jesus. Jesus is coming. She's like, I've been praying for you for about a year, Kara. And same thing, like your Maria saying she'd Mm -hmm. been praying for you. It's like, you know, and I do the same for people, like the medium I used to talk to, I'm praying for her all the time. My friends Mm -hmm. from when I was in the new age, I'm praying for them all the time. Mm -hmm. Like there you, we have to, everybody listening, please pray for the people that you know that are lost. You like, don't even have to talk to them about it. Just pray for them because prayer Mm -hmm. is so powerful. It is. And that is one of the things that I, that I am doing like, and, and it just feels so, it feels so good to do. I know that, that, and I'm, I'm like not a great prayer. And one of my things that I keep saying these days is like, I just, one of my prayers is God, I don't know how to pray. <laughs> I don't know how to pray, but that is like a very actionable thing that I can do that feels good. But the other crazy thing is that when I started writing about this very, 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 very recently, because this is a very recent yeah. journey for me, like four and a half months tops. Um, when I started writing about it in December, many, many people commented that they have been praying for me. Like people I don't know, people who wow. followed me for a couple of years. And what 
in the following of me, they would have known that I was like, I was said, Oh, I'm really woo woo. You know, I like talked about energy work and both books, I think not a lot because I knew that it wasn't relatable. Like I would just like throw it in there because it was a part of my life and my story, but I, I knew enough to like, not focus on it. Cause I knew it wouldn't be relatable to a ton of people anyway, but I think, I think people, I don't know why, but they were, and it was so moving to me to see that every time I would read a comment, I would like get teared up because I just couldn't believe it, but it was, it's, I don't know. It's just so yeah. interesting. Yeah, Cause and, you didn't even know you needed prayer. You right. know what I mean? Like you, if then said, told you I'm praying for you, like that you might've even gotten upset with them. You don't need to pray for me or stop or whatever. But now you right. look back with this hindsight and it's like, Whoa, wow. That's really powerful. And, and I, I think that that is a smart move as like an author where you're writing a book to a lot of people. Cause I've been thinking about that with my book. How much Jesus do I put in? How much of this do I, I don't want to ch- I don't want to steer people away or like scare them too soon. You know what I mean? You want to yeah. reach a broad audience and, yeah. and both of your books, I feel like can reach a really broad audience, which is also an interesting thing to talk about with you because you have a huge following, but you've lo- been losing a lot of followers too, oh right? Since you've been so kind of like many. talking about Jesus and, and maybe the COVID and the pandemic. It started with COVID for sure. It started when I, well, okay. So I was up at like 245,000 followers and it had gone up so exponentially over the two years before. Since tired as, or since um since uh, the, the fuck, fuck the fuck it died. Since the first one, it just like went. You just up. Went, went and viral, I, yeah. And I was very consistently sharing, you know, anti diet little memes, like everyday shareable things. And the name is catchy, like, and then on my stories, I would talk about other things too, and it was like always this like saga drama, whatever. Like, I get why it grew. I get it. Then in 2020, pretty quickly, I disagreed with the narrative and I knew I couldn't say anything. Well, I knew I couldn't say anything without there being a major fallout, which there was when I finally did. And 2020 is when I had just gotten the second book deal and I was writing the second book and it was horrible. I can't even imagine what you went through internally. It was horrible because I had to write this book about like what I thought about things. And, and I didn't, I started to not know what I thought about things anymore because I didn't know what was real. And I didn't know if my mom telling me all these conspiracies, if she was crazy or if she was right, or if she was crazy, if she was right about half of them. Um, I started seeing the world in a split screen because I could just see what both sides believed based on any, any, anything. I just like saw what both sides believed and I didn't know, I didn't know what was real. I was, the more crazy things became, the more I was like, okay, there must be something to this insanity. Um, Maybe but I didn't want it to be true. Baby's blood. Who knows? Right. I don't know. That was, a, that was like, I mom, who yeah. would do that? And she was like, I don't, I don't know. know. The Epstein flight log, I guess every celebrity could be on there. <laughs> Maybe they're real. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Yeah, no. The key I know. And I still don't, I still don't know. You know, I still don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like it, it's, I don't know. I feel like it's just so hard to navigate and I get what I just, 
I feel like it's a curse to be able to see things through everyone's perspective because then I stop myself before saying things because I'm like, well, I know what you're going to think. And I know what you're going to think. And I know what you're going to think. And I don't even really know what I think, but I think something's wrong. (laughs) Well, taking from your latest book, um, Tired as Fuck, which maybe this was kind of one of the things on your mind when you're writing, you say, I have always been what you could call cult susceptible. First of all, I'm extremely gullible. Second, I love getting approval from authority figures. Third, I have a frighteningly vivid imagination. Uh, the line between reality and fantasy sometimes gets blurred. Fourth, I've always been seeking answers and meeting in... He- That's another typo. Oh, my gosh. This is embarrassing. Hold on. If I even knew what I wrote, I since would just I'm say quote, it, Since I'm quoting you two, I don't want to... <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Hold on. I have always been what you could call cult susceptible. First of all, I'm extremely gullible. Second, I love getting approval from authority figures. Third, I have a frighteningly vivid imagination. The line between reality and fantasy sometimes gets blurred. Fourth, I've always been seeking answers and needing healing and understanding. Fifth, I'm open to believing in magical things we can't see. When I read this, I am the same way. I am very gullible. I have a vivid imagination. The line between fantasy can get blurred. Like I'm an extremist. So I read this and I was like, I've literally fallen for all the cults, um, the news, indoctrination, the COVID, uh, new age, the, maybe even some Christian culty beliefs on Jesus uh, a little bit. Um, this really, right. yeah. So you're reading this and knowing what you're going through as you're writing this book and you're thinking this, like what was on your mind? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, what was on my mind is, which is the cult? Which one is the cult? I, cause I could see how the left where I was and where I was coming from and what my entire audience was and all my peers, like all my fellow anti-diet writers and podcasters and, you know, influencers or whatever, all on the left. That's where I was, but I could see how culty it was becoming because you couldn't say certain things. You had to agree. Um, I, I just, you know, especially with everything going on in 2020 with COVID and then all of the anti-racism stuff where like, and in the anti-diet body positive world, it was insane. Where like, if you weren't talking about racism in like every single sentence that you wrote, like you were a white supremacist. Did you have a black square on your Instagram? I, well, okay. This is funny. I actually was losing my mind so much that for the very first time in my entire life, I deleted Instagram from my phone for a couple of days. The day that I came back was the black square day, but I didn't know it. So I posted, I posted, um, I posted about social media. I wrote social media is not real life. And I posted it and all the comments were like, wow, I can't believe you would post this on blackout Tuesday. Like get a clue. Like, you know, wow, you're really showing your privilege. And I was like, what is going on? (laughs) But it was also just like, so indicative of like, this is so, oh, this is so crazy. And then people were like, actually, oh, and then I posted the black square. Cause I was not ready. You know, like this is what, this is May or June, 2020. Yeah. This is early, early. I was not woken up yet. I was only starting to realize something was wrong, but I didn't know exactly what was wrong. Right. And I knew that this wasn't right, but I was like, well, maybe this will die down. And I just put up a fricking black square and everything will be okay. So I put up the black square. And then of course people were like, actually, this is clogging the hashtag. So I deleted it. And I was like, 
I'm deleting. Hi, I'm deleting Instagram from my phone again for a couple of days. See you later. <laughs> you came out just for that. That's hilarious. That was the first. Yeah, that was like that was the black square situation. And then there was other things. I mean, there were so many things, so many, so many things. But the the quite question was, okay, I see how this is a cult, right? And I I knew I couldn't directly address it, or I didn't feel comfortable directly addressing it, especially like with my publisher and whatever in that book. Yeah. Right. Um, but I tried, like I leaned more into the cult mentality theme of the book, trying to yeah. like, yeah. you know, maybe I can point out to you how this may be working for you. Yeah. And I also didn't know what was going to be going on in the world. When the book came out, I sure hoped that COVID was still not going to be a thing, but it right. sure was. You're you probably know? wondering, do I even mention it in the book? Right. Yeah. I would, right. Yeah. Yep. Do it I even crazy. want that in here? Yeah. This is going to, this is going to go away in two weeks. Exactly. 16, 16 I kept apart. saying that in 2020, I was like, it's going to be done by July. It's yeah. going to be done by July. Like, because at first it was like, oh, it's going to be done by April. Oh, it's going to be done by May. It's going to, yeah. it's definitely going to be done by July. Yeah. I was sure of it. Um, <laughs> but so, so I was seeing that my world was culty and getting, you know, it was very daunting to be like, okay, I used to be able to just post and my yeah. job up until now as a writer has been to post about what I think about things. And it's all of a sudden not safe to do that anymore, which is, which is new. But then I was listening to my mom who was into her little conspiracies, kind of, you know, very QAnon influenced at the time. Mm-hmm. And I would listen to her and be like, mom, <laughs> even if you're right about some of this, like, and you probably are because things are not as they seem like that's clear enough. Right. right? It's, and my mom was super, um, my mom got into this through, um, informed consent activism. So she works with a group that like tries to educate, um, politicians, I guess, on like the dangers of vaccines essentially. So, (laughs) so she, but like, it's a joke in our family. Like, Oh, mom's talking about vaccines again. Like she's so hardcore. That's amazing though. That's amazing that you have that, that your mom is is awake. Yeah. It really, 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 really is. But while I was in my little liberal bubble, I agreed with her, but I thought she was too intense, too hardcore. Um, she would tell me these, th- like before COVID, she'd be like, there is this crazy stuff going on with the natural doctors. Like they keep ending up dead. They keep ending up Dr. like, Sebi. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh Prob- yeah. 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 He's the guy connected with Nipsey Hussle that Nipsey Hussle was talking about. He was a black doctor that was killed talking about homeopathic medicines and stuff. Right. Like that. Yeah. Stuff like that. She would tell me that. And I'd be like, this is what I would say. I'd say, mom, I can't focus on that that will just depress me too. And it's true. I literally became depressed, (laughs) but I was like, mom, I just, I can't like, I I can't believe that we live in a world like, like you might be right. You might be right about that, but I just, I cannot focus on it. And she'd be like, well, what if no one will focus? This is the problem. No one will focus on it. And I was like, mom, I'm really happy right now in my life and things are going really well. And I just need to focus on positive things. And I would even say like vibes only. Right. Right. And I would say, and I'm coming back to like a more grounded way of being like, look, I can't depress myself on the daily over the depressing reality of the world, but we'll get there. Um, but at the time it was very like, it was very much like the secret, like, no, no good thoughts only. Right. Like if I focus on the bad, it makes it real. And if I don't focus on the bad, it's not even real, which isn't true at all. Um, but 
I remember, yeah, I said, I'm going to become depressed if I focus on that and things are going well. And they, like, I was kind of living in this little bubble of like, oh, I manifested this. Like I manifested this. Oh. And the other thing is I said, and this is something that I'm still kind of trying to navigate, but I was like, I have improved my quality of life and my relationship with food and all of this by, by not focusing on all the bad. Right. Which is true. Yeah. Like if I, when I started focusing on, okay, yeah, there's shitty food. There's, we're being poisoned. Sure. Yes. I believe that. But if I focus on that, like that's not helping me. If I can focus on like the fact that we are resilient and that things are going to be okay. And that, you know, like we, you know, we need things in food and whatever that was so helpful and healing for me. So I was like trying to apply that to this. I was like, no, I'm just going to focus on what's going well in the world. Yeah. And, you know, I think a little bit of that is healthy, but point being my mom was super awake. And then, so she was trying to explain to me what was going on, what they're saying, what the big conspiracy is, like how, like how, you know, literally talking about adrenochrome. And I was like, I would sit down with her and be like, okay, but how do you know that you're right about this? And like, I I asked so many questions and she'd be like, Carolyn, you just have to watch the video I sent you. I was like, it's three hours long. I don't want to just explain it to me. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Isn't it simple? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And she'd be like, I can't explain it the way they can explain it. So, but I would ask her questions because I knew something was wrong. Right. But I was very, very, very I was very critical of QAnon. I was very critical of Trump as a savior. I was very critical because it was culty. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, when all of this was going on, like the time frame you're talking about, I was still an extreme liberal. I was making memes against Donald Trump looking like a Cheeto. And I literally <laughs> thought QAnon was a, a terrorist group. Like if you, if I, right. what, I didn't even know it was like a, I didn't know it was tweets. I didn't know what it was talking about. I was like, oh no, that's just a, that's just literally a terrorist group. Like, right. Right. Cause that's how it was positioned. And I remember I knew enough about it to know the intention, like to know the intentions of the average QAnon believer. Like that was the thing where I was able to say like, okay, well, I know my mom, I know what my mom wants for the world. She wants like, you know, transparency and informed consent and for us to live in, like, I knew, I knew the heart of a lot of the people who believed QAnon. So I knew that it wasn't what the news, the liberal news was saying it was, but I also saw the cultiness of it. And so I was just kind of, I was, I didn't really, you know, I was clinging to there, there, maybe there's a middle ground or maybe there's, and I didn't want it to be true because if it's true, then the fallout, because I, unfortunate or fortunately, probably big picture, big picture, fortunately, but I can't lie. I can't bullshit. I can't write about something I don't believe or care about. And so the more that the world that I thought I lived in started to crumble, the less I was able to keep up like my platform, my whatever, what do I even stand for? I stood, I stood also, I stood for, you know, informed consent and understanding that big pharma doesn't care about you and that we're being lied to about diets. Like that's where it started. Literally there's a whole section in the fuck diet that talks about how corrupt the FDA and the CDC are, how they're paid off just in the diet world alone. So it was like, it was so weird to me that everyone in my anti-diet world just fell in line with the liberal woke 
COVID narrative about everything. And I was like, what? And there were just a couple teeny tiny little accounts that'd be like, that would connect with me because I was, I was not speaking up on it. And then I would say really, once I started talking about speaking up about the mandates, which wasn't until July, 2021, that's how long it took me to start being like, because I was terrified to lose my audience because that is what I was counting on. Yeah, that's your, that's buying your job. my second book. Yeah, yeah. my book, pay, my job. mortgage and putting food on the table. Yeah, right. I didn't know what was real. I really didn't. Yeah, I didn't want. I knew how crazy the conspiracy theorists sounded, so I wanted to kind of like, I don't know. I wanted to fi- see if I could figure out what the heck I thought was going on in the first place, and. It was, you know, it was just, it, and I really like for a little while, I was like, you know what? I just, maybe some of it's real, but I'm just going to kind of hope that it's not real. I didn't know what I wanted to happen in the 2020 election because I now had a, a softer view of Trump. I hated Trump. I voted for Hillary. I was terrified after he won. I like, you know, I was super, super liberal myself. And in 2020, with like seeing the way the other side saw him, it just softened him. Like I still didn't love him or trust him or anything, but it definitely softened my view of him. And I, I just didn't have the same, like Trump is evil view. You're going to, you're going to love my book. (laughs) I have a chapter called loving kindness works all about how I started doing this loving kindness meditation as a dialectical behavioral therapy skill. Um, And, and after a month of that was May, 2020, and after a month of it, I started questioning everything. And I was like, I started giving Donald love every day because I hated him more than anybody in the world. And it right. shifted. That's the start of the shifting of my awakening. And it literally brought me to save the children and kind of pushed me into the rabbit right. hole. It's all by design, but I totally understand what you're saying right now. Yeah, no, that's so. And that it is interesting to like think like loving kindness meditation is technically like is that oh so it is a psychological thing it's not a um a spiritual well i mean meditation yeah i mean it is like a spiritual thing you know i wasn't a believer i I was literally doing like a is a as a skill and and i don't Mm -hmm. like that's a whole nother like conversation too about meditation and opening yourself up people say keep your mind on god if you're just opening yourself up and who's the voices coming in where the thoughts but what i was literally just like giving love to this person. Yeah. Well, I think my point is like, I think my point is that there, it's not all like, it's not blanket evil. There can be good. Well, that's the thing is God uses everything for his glory. He created everything. And that's a huge thing that I've been thinking about, even with psychedelics and just everything. God created everything. And is everything so bad? But there is the new age that wants to tell you evil doesn't exist. And, you know, just come to zero point and just live there and be neutral, love and light. But we do need to see that evil does exist and that the the devil is Satan. Evil is doing that stuff. But God is always going to use everything for his glory. Like 2020, that woke me up. Even this horrible, horrific thing. Tons of people died, but that woke me up. I want to say that I keep thinking this. You were talking about hopping on to Instagram during that black cube, that black square thing. Do you know about the, the black, black cube? cube? Isn't that crazy? I've, so yeah, that we're talking really about cults. Crazy. There's a cult called the cult of L. E-L. Um, Elon Musk. L. 11. Don't trust anything that's in L, guys. E-L. Um, this is a cult of Saturn, which we were talking about with Saturn Returns. Satan. Kronos, the god of time. Kronos is the god of time, which is the Greek god associated with the planet of Saturn, which is associated as Satan. The uh, Tesseract is the 
fourth dimension cube. Do you know what I'm talking about what a tesseract is? It's a literally you have the 2D, which is flat, the 3D, which is when things take form. 4D is the tesseract, which is um what time is held in. So a black cube, black cube worshiper. Supposedly there's a black cube hexagon on top of Saturn, but we don't know if these are planets or stars or whatever. But think about the cabal and Mecca, what people walk around, this black cube. Uh there's the um there's certain Jews uh, that will wear a black cube on their head. A black cube is used in magic to contain stuff because you have to contain things. There's a lot of people who think the spirit world and the imagination is all like the uh, part of the black cube where you can go into that. So the fact that everybody did this ritual, which is what it was, it wasn't for the black people. It was a ritual right. to put a black cube on your screen right as 2020 is coming out and talking about cults and just the mentality of if you had that black square up, if you didn't, and knowing that it's actually a magical ritual and you popped on that day and happened to see it and it causes chaos and then you couldn't even for like a year feel safe talking about stuff. It's, it's just interesting. Very interesting. I didn't even think about the, that aspect of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and all of the, like, it really was the cons- the satanic um, theme, the satanic through line of all the conspiracies that kept coming up, right? Because the, my question was like, I don't know, I don't know what's real. I, I don't know how far these go. I've heard them all. I've spent time believing them all. I've spent time questioning them all. I, and right now, I'm in a, I hold very loosely to them. I, you know, there are like, don't get me wrong. There are, there are conspiracies and I believe a ton of them. Right. Um, But I just, I just, I've, I feel like I've just gone back and forth so much that it feels more comfortable to be like, I don't know. I really don't. Know. You know what? I'm at the same place, Caroline, and I think that that's probably an interesting thing for some people to hear right now, as of the podcast that I was hosting, the Not So Secret Societies, and it ended, and it was very conspiracy. And even uh, people were telling me, you know, you're like sound like a QAnoner, and I'm like, I'm not a QAnoner, like at all. Like I woke up after QAnon, like I'm not a QAnoner. I wasn't into that stuff. Then I started realizing that all the stuff that we were kind of talking about, and like I'm like, this is all QAnon stuff. I don't really know what's going on in Epstein's Island. I have never seen anybody drink babies blood before like this is the thing that's a luciferian labyrinth it's a very i've figured out this is a very deep mind game here and it's about programming people and controlling the masses and there is dark stuff going on children are being trafficked sexual abuse is happening the porn industry is probably a lot of these kids that are trafficked and abused and all that like i was sexually abused as a child a lot of us have experienced sexual abuse it's a real thing but these conspiracies i think is like the like you know i think i was saying this to you in the memos it's like um you know they're they've got their hands on the reins of of the narrative here because they need to control what's going to come out so if we can make people look crazy and put a bunch of lies and really extreme weird things in here like the queen's a reptilian shapeshifter i do not believe in reptilians by the way anymore at all when i was new age i would have i also believed i was a galactic federation member when i was (laughs) mentally ill in the new age because i went way too deep in the spirit world went for too many activations and this and i was not a believer so i got you know strongholds in my minds and traps and so it's a it's a luciferian labyrinth of lies mixed with truth and it's very hard to to wade in it's the rabbit hole we're supposed to follow the white rabbit by design so we go into that rabbit hole and we go crazy and a lot of these big names in the conspiracy community these people either get killed or they go insane and you start feeling like a like i started feeling kind of insane thinking everything's satanic everything's demonic everything's mk ultra people are like kara you've lost it and it's like i didn't see it until i backed up and now i'm like whoa i really don't know what's going on here but i'm staying with jesus 
Right. Right. Yeah. And that's like when I started seeing, okay, so I want to say two things. One thing, I'm going to forget both of them, but um, if what they're trying to do is create terror in the masses, right? Terror in like the normies who are terrified of COVID and afraid of everyone who hasn't been vaccinated or whatever, if that's a way to keep them distracted and controlled, but then we're like, no, I'm not going to be controlled by terror. But then we're terrified with like the counter narrative, which again, I do believe it, it makes a lot of sense if they know there's going to be a counter narrative. There's so much control of the mainstream media. Why would they be too stupid to realize that they also need to have people controlling the counter narrative? They do. Hegelian dialect. Two yeah. different choices. You think you're do you, that you're there's two different sides, and I'm making a choice. I'm going to be this way. I'm going to be a liberal, or I'm going to be a conservative. I'm voting for Trump. I'm voting for Biden. I'm this or that. You're over here. I'm there. Both of those choices lead to the same outcome, predetermined. But you, it's the illusion of choice. Yeah, it's it's hard because because I don't know who. Then you don't. There's a lot of like infighting, like oh, they're controlling that position. And I just don't know how I'm supposed to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I even think like, I had a friend who was like, I don't even think all controlled oppositions know that they're controlled oppositions. That is, yes, that's my theory is the best controlled opposition doesn't even know they are. That way they'll never give themselves up. Now I'm not a controlled opposition. This is my, they're like, this is my truth. And I believe this so hard. And I'm also the best handlers don't know their handlers. How does that work? Uh, okay, think about being in a relationship with somebody and you get into an argument and they say the right thing to you to piss you off because they know, right? They're handling you. They may or may not know that they're triggering you. And I also think that like you can have a certain person come into your life and you can start idolizing them and following what they say. And they might, in a weird way, because you're idolizing them, uh, steer you off course because you're believing in everything they say. They're handling you. They right, might not even right. know it. They're just sharing what they're passionate about. It's just, it's very tricky. Well, it's interesting also just to look at like, you know, I really, I stand behind a t- like the majority of both of my books, but they were very influenced by the liberal world that I was in and the liber- liberal mindset that I had. <clears throat> and um, so I think, I think that there's like, just like a flavor of, wokeness, so to speak in, especially the first one, even though I had an awareness that I wanted it to be for everyone, I didn't want it to be so extreme, but I think that, I think that someone could look at me. Like I've, I've had people be like, you have a blue check mark. Like, are you like yeah, controlled? Yeah. No, I thought that. I thought that for a second. Yeah. And a lot of people, no, but I never even thought about that before. I, I, I wanted that blue check mark so badly. And I had to just prove that there were some news articles about me about first, actually my handle was the fuck it diet until six months ago or yeah, eight, nine months ago, it was the fuck it diet. And I didn't have to, I didn't, it wasn't Caroline Dooner. And, um, I, I finally was able to get it changed over to Caroline Dooner because I don't, I'm, I'm burnt out. Did you like, have to buy the out. name from someone or was it available? 
No, I crazily had, she's also awake, but she, um, she used to work for, um, Warner brothers or something. And so she had like a whitelisted email where she could email Instagram and like get, cause she would do it for like the, the movies that she would get verified or whatever. So she emailed them for me and they changed it to Caroline Dooner, but I tried so hard for so long. What's my point? I'm getting way I'm off. I'm trying track. to get here comes trouble without an exo. That's why I'm saying this. I, 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 the, oh, I, I, I would yeah. pay, I would pay somebody for that. I know. I know. Um, I can put you in contact with her. She could do it. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she'd probably charge you, but yeah. she doesn't like to I've, over. I've, I've like, I'm trying slowly harassing the, the here. There is someone with here comes trouble. She's got a cute I was little blocked avocado by everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do you know that I want this? And I, will pay. I don't even think this person goes online. Yeah. Well, that's a thing. I knew that it was an inactive account. And then I started, um, messaging everyone who I knew it was a middle-aged lady in Dublin who had Caroline Dooner. And I knew that she got locked. It was so clear. She got locked out of her account and she made a new one that was Dooner Caroline because she had all the same followers and it was completely inactive. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I would do anything. And then, so I reached out to all of her followers that were just like friends, like, and they all blocked me because they, because they were seeing something from the fuck it diet. Oh, yeah. I will blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So anyway, what's my point? I, um, the check mark. So there are people who would assume, you know, and maybe I would have too, like after going into this world where like everything is a trap and everyone's lying and everyone's part of the narrative, um, that the check mark, you know, that you only get a check mark if you're like whatever sold your soul to the devil or something, that you only get a book deal, that you um what else? I don't know. Well, Car- like all Caroline. Of these- at the time when you got your check mark and when you wrote your books and had your book deals, you were liberal, right? Yes. You were in the okay. new age. So, so that so that actually is my point. Yeah. That actually is my point that um in a way controlled I wasn't controlled opposite. Ah. I wasn't controlled opposition, but I was but like yeah. it's the kind of thing where like you didn't even you just know it. Pe- exactly. exactly. Yes, girl, I know exactly. it. I was doing yeah. the same thing in my own way, like talking about the new age and talking about uh, all the crap that I was into before I was saved. Like I literally like I see I was like, oh, my gosh, like I like to say, like Lucifer shined me up as his new toy that like Satan was really going to use me. And then at the last second I said, Jesus grabbed my hand and pulled me out and saved me. And the last door I ever would have gone through ever was to be a Christian like ever. But that's like I got saved. But yeah, like it's a uh, it's interesting how the spirit world works. It's a very very interesting. It's, 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 it's fascinating. And it's interesting to see the parallels too, between the stories, like how many people have had similar. Yeah. And people are waking up and uh, 2023, this is the year of the white rabbit. So we need to be careful following, you know, the Chinese Zodiac, the year of the rabbit. And this is all about following the right rabbit. This is a magic trick that we were shown when we were kids with Alice in Wonderland and the white rabbit. And um, yeah, it's people, people are waking up though. Like the amount of people who have responded to me positively being like, I've gone through the same thing too. Like I, and I, and the amount of people, and it's so relatable for people to be like, I literally never in a million years thought I would, or wanted to be anything Christian. That's by design too. Like, uh, you know, I can, I'm a Christian. I, because I believe Jesus was God in the flesh and that's the way. So you'd probably put me in the Christian category, but I get, I still feel a little weird about it because I've been, 
of recent, I went through some experiences where I got really burnt by Christians and Christianity, and I got really misled, and I felt like I fell into a cultish mentality and a cultish path, and this is all the stuff that I was worried about before. This is why I stayed away from all of it. But for me, yeah. and but my testimony, I like to stand firm, is that I was, I believe Jesus was a fictional character. The Bible was full of myths, not to be read, totally avoided, stay away from that. I heal myself. I'm all good. I got Buddha on my side. And then I had my whole experience and I, can't, I, I didn't, it happened to me. Like I, be, I got saved. I literally like pray to Jesus every day. I'm reading the Bible, try to read the Bible every day. Like my whole life has changed. Like I'm completely different. It was the last door I ever was going to go down. And this is what, this is literally what my memoir is all about going down all the wrong turns and finding, Oh my God, are you kidding me? John 10, nine, Jesus was what I needed this whole time. (laughs) But I still feel weird being associated with Christianity because there are me too. Yeah. Uh, because you've got the mega churches, you've got the um the charismatic movement. People think you can bind up and cast out spirits. That's white witchcraft, you guys. Just want to say that spiritual mapping. This is grid work from the new age. I don't even trust light li- uh, spirit. when people talk in tongues. I'm a little concerned that sounds like light language. Like you can see that there's the new age has crept into Christianity. You've got Christians judging people. They're so hard on gays as if they don't have any sin going on in their mind or people are picking and choosing what sin they can have and they're judging this and I've never been so bullied as after I gave my testimony I've never been so picked apart by people online I never experienced any trouble when I was in the new age everybody was super nice to me moment I came out as a Christian you know who came after me Christians but this is not all the Christians there are the most amazing people I've ever met is also a sect of Christians that are mm-hmm. that I believe hearts have been changed and they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. But I do think there's a lot of really deceived Christians out there that are giving Christianity a bad name. It's very cult like and it's pushing people away. And yeah, like I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's and I continue to struggle with it because and I have to keep coming back to honestly the testimonies. The testimonies are so helpful to me because. I, because it, it points to like a real tangible, supernatural change and help and love that people experience. And that people say like, I can't explain, it's hard to put into words, but I feel different and I am different and my life is totally different. And I know that it's Jesus. And it is hard for me to even say that. Cause I hear it's, a, it's the same thing. It's, I yeah. hear myself five months ago, I hear being like, Ugh. like yeah. I literally be like, Ugh. Yeah. you know? Yeah, I know. Um, I, I couldn't even, oh, I, I loved, couldn't I, say the name Jesus Christ. I know. I know. Uh, my favorite part of your testimony or one of my favorite parts of your testimony is when you were doing the channeling session and Jesus <laughs> came through and you were like, oh, I was like, I literally was like, are you kidding me? I was like, are you kidding me? I have, I was embarrassed to, I had to tell my client Jesus was there and I, I like I'm, for anybody doesn't know this. If you don't know this about me, I still the testimony's up. It's from it's the secret societies is when I put out this testimony. It is on this podcast feed still. You can listen to it. I did edit it down to move any deception about the deliverance process out of it because I won't deceive people anymore with the deceiving Christianity that I was learning for some time. But I was doing I was working as a psychic channeler in 2021, and I'm doing a session with a client, and Jesus comes in, and I'm like, Are you kidding me? One, I didn't believe in him, so I was like, This must be the master Jesus or whatever. And I don't believe this was actually Jesus because when you channel, you're connected with the spirit world. It's like a little TV into the spirit world. It's not physical. Mm -hmm. It's spiritual. Mm -hmm. And I do think that this was kind of the new age Jesus trying to come in and get me 
because there is a new age Jesus. But God used this moment to get me. And it literally like it ended up changing my whole life. But yeah, I was so embarrassed to tell her that Jesus had come through. But I also really love that she was like, oh, I love Jesus. Yeah, that was her response. Yeah, exactly. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But like, yeah, no, I wonder, and I I have no idea, but I do wonder if it was like, you know, people say they have visions of, of Jesus that changes their life. You know, what if it was real Jesus coming in to be like, guys, well, I I see. And I thought about this at first. I'm I'm like, what was that? Cause I actually felt like he stayed with me. He did. He stayed with me for a couple months. Like I would almost see like on the couch, like a kind of vision of Jesus and just kind of with me. And like, I was just having this whole just like experience, um, after this happened, but I, you know, I had to say question cause I, I'm like work, you're working as when you're working as a psychic, at least for me, it's like, you don't really know who these spirits are. You don't, Lucifer comes as an angel of light. Like you might see a vision of something. You don't, that's probably not what that spirit really looks like. You know, the, even like, like they're, these demons, they're demons, most of them, but they're coming in and they're looking a certain way. And so like, I had this vision of Jesus come in. I didn't actually think that was, oh, wow, I'm so lucky. Jesus is just with me right now. Out of all 9 billion people in the world, Jesus is with me. I must be so special. It was like a vision coming in. And then, um, but, but, uh, and, you know, other people who are channelers and stuff, I get visions of Jesus and that. But for me, it was very poignant because I didn't believe in him. I was like, wow, this is, why is he here? God allowed, I think God met me where I was at. I was channeling. I was in this. Yeah. So he gives me this vision and he knew that that would be the catalyst to save me and get me out. And it did because the, you know, my testimony says like the next couple of months, like I walked away from all new age stuff. Like, but that's why I think it, like, I I don't know, maybe it's semantics here. I don't know if we're like the actual, like, I don't, I feel like it was right. Like it was. Yeah. But I, this right? is what I, okay, so this is how I see it, is like, Jesus is the bridge to God. And you know, you think about it, he, God coming here in the flesh as Jesus, okay? So that was literally God in human form was Jesus. And he came and he was a sacrifice and payment for all of our sins and our bridge back to God. Because after Jesus mm-hmm. died, then the Holy Spirit was there for all of us. Right. Yes. Because before mm-hmm. you needed to connect with God, you needed a church or a, a, a priest or whatever. Now we have the Holy Spirit. So God sends me Jesus. Jesus bridged me to God because I was always right. a believer in something. But I mean, when I, I was in a, uh, rehab in my 20s, I worked the AA steps um, with my higher power being the son. Uh, I believed in right. God, but right. I didn't know what he was. He probably was the son, I thought. Well, right. Jesus coming to me the way he did because I John 10 9 Jesus is the door come through and you will you will find pasture but this is the only way and people get upset how can Jesus be the only way because there's only one top God there's one creator there has to be a top well Jesus to me is like the bouncer to God so like he bridges us to God so Jesus coming to me like that in the vision the important thing for me Jesus took me and walked me to God now like I I pray every time I pray it's in the name of Jesus I understand the importance of Jesus. I love what Jesus has said in the Bible. But for me, I'm not one of those people that's like, I'm obsessed with Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, come now. Jesus, Jesus. I love Jesus. He saved my life. But I pray I'm going to God.
If you're enjoying this conversation with author Caroline Dooner and I, head on over to the Let's Be Friends podcast website, sign up for the friendship membership and get a bonus hour right now, along with 16 other bonus episodes. Help support the podcast, keep it commercial, ad-free, aside from this little mini ad that I'm giving right now. But head on over. Sign up for the friendship membership. Get a bonus hour with Caroline Dooner and I right now. Backstage access to videos, monthly live event. Thank you for being a friend. I love you and have a great night. Pattern shapes on-